This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the showers that we have. We are grateful for the gift of life and we thank you that by your spirit, Lord, you have directed our steps to a gathering that your name is exalted. We thank you that by that same spirit you would impact to us the grace to overcome the wickedness that is in this world. Give us strength, Lord, in the inner man. Make us wise that we may walk this life to the glory and to the praise of you. Jesus, we thank you for your blood that has made it all things possible for us to be reunited with our God, that we can call on him in time of difficulty because of your love. We thank you that by your spirit that was poured out onto us, we have overcome the wicked one. We walk in faith, we walk in truth, we walk in love. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Teach us, teach us, teach us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, it's good to see all of you. And this one is just a morning service for those who want to be here in the morning. Amen. And uh, it's my great desire to share with you, I believe, what the Lord has laid on my heart to encourage you to rise up and go forward. Amen. Amen. You know, as I was coming, you know, I came from the N4, and uh, as I was joining the RAT, I just heard in my spirit, your ministry has just begun. Yeah. In other words, it's like, for all the years that I have pastored and everything, it's like I'm now starting. So I must take it seriously. Amen. And you know, the reason why I'm sharing with you what I heard is that we are around the same age category. <laughs> Except a few. You see, don't think I'm, I'm so much older than you. No, 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 no. You know, sometimes the feeling you get is that, oh, he's older than... No, it's not. If you check, if you check carefully. For some of you, you are older than me. For others, it's just some two, three years. Hello, hello. It's just some two, three years. And for most of you, I mean, a maximum of 10. Maximum. Maximum of 10. Except one or two people. So, in the age categorization, when you are younger the gap is smaller because a four-year-old is quite different from a 10-year-old or even an eight-year-old child. They are different. Uh, 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 a one-month-old child is different from a seven-month-old child. So the zero to one month is classified as infant. 
Do you get it? Because there are challenges and things. But when we get older, do you get it? Then the, the grouping size, the space increases. The range, the range, do you get it? gets bigger. So it's so 60s and above, which means that we are in the same WhatsApp group or Telegram group. Are you with me? So don't think that what applies to me does not apply to you. It does. Do you get it? And I'm thinking to myself, if at this time you are saying my ministry has just begun, and at this age, then how long do I have to live it out? But I believe that the message is more of taking things seriously. Because sometimes when you feel like, oh, it's like I've done what I could. Do you get it? Then when the time for you to flourish comes, after or in a season of I've done what I could, you will not take opportunity of it. You see, the mind that I've done what I could makes you not explore and go all out when a new season is given to you. Amen. Amen. Good. So, I just want to encourage you, especially for those of you that have been pastors for a long time, uh, it's not over until we lie in the grave. For those of you that have been Christians for a long time, look, there is still room for the manifestation of the power of God through your life in a special way. If only you will believe it. Do you get it? If only you will believe it. And I want you to believe it because I believe mine. I believe mine. So as the word came to me, I started making plans of how to really get it off the ground in a certain way. Amen. Amen. And I pray that the same shall be your story. Amen. Great. So this morning, I want us to continue on the subject matter that we're talking about. Last week, I started from very far, but I still came to the place I wanted to be. And that is talking about why, is that what is it about those who have that those who do not have, do you get it? Lack. I explained to us that, you know, the goodness of God is said that every creation of his has something that should make it have enough to exist. You see, God would be a wicked God if he brought us into an existence. Do you get it? If he brought us into existence and gives us not the ability to have what we need to exist. you get it? By bringing me into existence and giving me this body, a need arises that I must maintain or the body must be maintained. Now, if you gave me not the ability to maintain the body and yet you, I didn't bring myself, you brought me into existence without the ability to maintain the body, then you are not fair. Neither I mean, you must be described as a wicked person because it's almost like you have incapacitated me from the beginning. And you don't see that about God in any way. 
you don't see that about God. Did you get it? Because if you saw that about God, or if that was his nature as God, he would have made man first. When he started to sort out things, he would have made man first. Because then man can be sent around to do some of the things. But he would have made man without having given a dwelling place for man, without having provided food for man, and so many other things. But you realize that he did all that man would need. He did all that man would need. Then he made man last. In other words, he has provided for us what we need to exist and what we need to have a life that testifies of him as our God. Are are you with me? So it is important for us to believe it. It is important for us to believe it that if there's constant lack in your life, do you get it? Then there's something you are not doing right. Not something God is not doing right. It's something you are not doing right. Because there may be lack in your life at the beginning, but there's something that is available to you or with you that would allow you to change that situation. That will allow you to change that situation. Now, Jesus having said in his word clearly that the one who has, in Mark 4, 25, the one who has shall have more. And the one who does not have, even the little that he has, shall be taken away. Now, that made us, you see, that statement made us discover that even the one who does not have, have something small. Do, do you get it? The one who does not have, have something small. Otherwise, how, why would the little that he has, where did he get the little from? I hope you're understanding it. In other words, somebody has provided him with a seed. Or, I mean, a seed in terms of the smallness upon which he's expected to work on. Because in that seed is the ability to increase. In the seed is the ability to increase. So, he's not working on it. It's the only reason why he doesn't have. He's not working on it. It's the only reason why he doesn't have. And therefore, by processes of life, the little that he has, he will find it taken from him. Because in terms of judgment, he will be classified as an unprofitable servant. I hope you're understanding it. That the little that he has will be taken away from him because in terms of judgment, he will be classified as an unprofitable servant. Because everybody who sows or gives something to any servant expects an increase, expects profit. Are 
Are, are you with me? So, so we should constantly evaluate ourselves, asking ourselves that, what am I supposed to? What's, what seed is in me? Or what something small is in me that I'm supposed to explore or I'm supposed to work on to become more? And you see, if I'm, I mean, if I understand things well and I look at God, what I see, you get it? What I see is that his way of doing things is linked, is like one person is linked to the other, such that nobody is independent of the other person. Oh, yes. One person is linked to the other. So that nobody is independent of the other person. So the non-functioning of one person affects not only that one person, but affects his system that he has created. And considers you a threat when you don't function. And therefore, a replacement is necessary. Because you're not functioning, that's not only affect, that's what we don't realize. That, you see, my non-functioning does not only affect me. No, it's important. And I, I, want you to, I want to emphasize this particular point. That your non-functioning, get it and get it clear into your spirit. That your non-functioning affects not only you. It affects so many things. And you see, when you watch, you realize that God is wild. He's, he's very wild in terms of the way he has created things. Because how can you create some animals to eat other animals? What if they finish? What are they going to eat? It's like they don't eat grass. I hope you understand it. They don't eat grass. They eat other animals. So what if the other animals decide that, guys, you know what? Our life is in danger. So look, if we give birth, they die. So listen, no sex. Let's just walk around and just be happy. After we eat our grass for a long time, one day we exit and we are finished. But you realize that. You realize that he has given the other animals that are supply, food supply for other animals, the stronger ones, the flesh eaters. He has given the ones that are eating extreme ability to increase in numbers. So that even if you are eating, some of you will be left to still continue doing my work. So you can eat, but we will never finish. So, so what you are realizing is that it's like as you are playing your part and exploring what is given or, or, or making the best of what has been given you, you are actually supplying other people that are linked to you what they need. Hallelujah. So it is important for us, you see, with this type of things in mind, it, if we understood it well, that so many lives depend on me. Whenever we are challenged not to do what we have to do, 
We have a strong motivation to say, I have to do it. Do you get it? I have to do it. Whenever we are challenged to go contrary to the directed path, do you get it? We say, no, I can't because so many lives depend on me. So many lives depend on me walking on the right road. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Because you know, sometimes you, are, you find yourself in situations where other things are more appealing to you. You know what I'm talking about. You know whatever appeals to you. Just, just take yours and leave it there. Don't, don't, don't make me don't make me say something that you accuse me later with it. You know what appeals to you. And you see, the strength of the appeal is based on the fact that you don't realize how many people are depending on you. How many people are depending on you. So, the struggle... It's, it's like you don't resist it. You actually just flow into it. And especially when you look around and it feels like there's nothing to live for and nothing, nothing is working. But you see, nothing is working because you are not working it. So this morning we are going to go further into he that hath. Looking at the traits of he that hath. What is the truth? Is that what is present in them that is absent in us who don't have or in those who don't have because those who don't have are not here. Because I see you rising up to change categories. Hallelujah. We have to change our category. And please don't tell me it's late. It's not late. I said, don't tell me it is late. It is not late. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is not late. It's late for who? And whose time are you using to determine whether it's late or not? It's not late. I said, it's not late. If God has awoken you at this time, it means there's something you can do. Amen. And therefore, we need to rise up and do it. Amen. So let us look at the traits. Or last week we started looking at the traits of he that hath. And we saw that the number one trait that is present. Or the first point that is given to us is simply or simple diligence. Do you get it? Or simple diligence. Diligence. So let's look at it. Now, what is it? What does it say about diligence? Diligence is the persistent, relentless effort. Persistent, relentless. In other words, it doesn't give up. Yes, there may be reasons why it should give up, but it doesn't just give up. It doesn't just give up. Persistent, relentless effort by an individual, not by a group of people. 
by an individual. Do you get it? To solve a problem. What is the problem in your life? What is the difficulty that you have encountered in your life to overcome difficulties? And to accomplish great things. Many of us, the, uh, the main focus is a problem that we must solve. A problem of not having. A problem of not having. And a difficulty of environment making, the, making situations difficult for us to break out, to solve the problem of not having. And, and we have to, you see, unless you have the mind that I'm at it until I solved it. And you see, for you to be diligent, it calls on you to apply yourself fully to the thing. Most of us, the problems in our lives are there because we have not given ourselves fully to it. We have not given ourselves fully to it. Because you see, let, let me say this. We have not given ourselves fully to it. And the other thing is that we are not honest to ourselves. We are not honest to ourselves. One of the things I've learned in my half century of being on this planet earth is that people blame everybody for their problem except themselves and you see such people is difficult to help such people is difficult to help no amount of information would improve them because they have refused the blame on anybody, everybody else they will agree but the blame on them they will never agree so whatever solution you give if it will be a solution for their problem they will reject it so your task if you lead them is how to get them to be honest to themselves and admit that I am what I am because of me. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. And as, you see, as long as you refuse, as long as you refuse that it's you, you'll be where you are. Because you see, there are many problems of life. If the problem is not coming from you, one of the things I can assure you is that the problem cannot keep you. It cannot keep you. You will overcome it. If the problem is not coming from you, if the problem is not coming from you, you would overcome it. 
So a problem that is in your life that has become chronic and that is wasting away your life. Don't look far. Look to you. 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 Look to you. I said, look to you. I said, look to you. I said, look to you. It is hard, but you have to accept it. It is hard, but you have to accept it. Because Solomon said, guard your heart. Not guard somebody's heart. Solomon said, guard your heart, not somebody's heart. Your heart. The heart that belongs to you. And you see, the wonder of God is that he gave us nothing to share. He doesn't give us like my nose is with you. And I, you have my heart. No, if I, if, if I have your heart, you give it to me. You decided to offer me that place in your heart where I mean everything to you. Oh yeah, it's true. Oh, I'm saying something wrong. And listen, if you're a wife, remember this, that the original case of a woman is to desire a man, is to give your heart to a man. That is the original case. Having met Christ, you must still not force to implement the original case. It's almost like you are overcoming Christ. And that his presence, his presence in you is not changing the case. Meanwhile, it is by him that the case is broken. So why are you forcing to overcome Christ? Oh yeah. Abba Bishop, what are you saying? So, so then how can we marry? Oh. You give him as much as he applies for. Don't give him what he has not worked for. And always remember that you are an entity on your own. You need him Oh, but let me put it here. He needs you more than you need him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, that's the, that's, that's the truth that women don't realize. Now, see a man without a wife at a certain age. They, they, number one, very scruffy. Very scruffy. One of the characteristics of young people when they marry is you see that they are dressing, everything about them changes. Just, just a dressing, just a dressing. It changes. Unless their wife doesn't care. But most women will make sure that their husbands dress well. That's, that's the. A, a man needs a woman more than a woman needs a man. But what did the Bible say? I will make, it is not good for the man to be alone. It was never said it is not good for the woman to be alone. Ah, 
it's, not, it's never said that. You see, that doesn't mean that as a wife also, then you should be fighting and misbehaving. Because having children without a father in the house is a very dangerous situation. So the fact that a man needs you doesn't also give you the right to misbehave, especially when you have had children with them. Because the children need a man figure in the house. So if you are not willing to be a wife, then don't go for it. You can marry and not have children. Just me and you, we are in the house. That's all. Because if you have a man, if you have children, you decide that I need a man to have children. I need to be a Christian. So I'm marrying and doing the right thing. Then do whatever it takes also for him to stay. But know, know that he needs you more than you need him. So your little effort that creates an environment for him to stay, he will stay. Yeah, I mean, I need my wife more than she needs me. I mean, recently we were having a conversation. And it's like, oh, I asked her a very, I mean, private question. And the answer she gave me, I said, ah, so you are saying that my absence doesn't really make a difference in that area. And it's like, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, the truth, the truth of the matter is, it's only when you are around that such thoughts can occur. But from what I see, she's just trying to be polite. It doesn't occur. <laughs> Meanwhile, for me, it's occurring all the time. It's occurring all the time. I hope you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, good. So, so I realized that, ah, so it means that she, I, I need her more than she needs me if I'm to be a Christian. Because of course, it's not that you can't get the supplies from other areas. But being, a, being somebody redeemed of God through Christ Jesus by his precious blood, you have to get it at the designated registered I mean, do you get it? Even in your mind, you are not allowed to get it from somewhere else. Even in your mind, you are not allowed to get it from somewhere else. Even just imagination. You have to get it where you registered or where you are registered. Do you get it? So at the end of the day, I realized that I mean, we, it's like, I need her more than she needs me. So as a woman, you're, you're giving your whole heart to a man is actually enforcing the curse in the Garden of Eden that thy desire shall be after the man. No. Be with him. Stay. Be a good wife. Do you get it? Because the Bible says that a wife is expected to have a meek and a quiet spirit. Did you get it? Yeah. Not always quarreling and making, it's like making the house hell. No. But there, there's sometimes the fact that I need you doesn't mean I must stay in hell. 
must I, look I, I went for Jesus to avoid hell why should I have hell in my house no but please remember this because most of you ladies you stop everything that God has given to your life just for a man who would also not bring into your life that which would be beneficial to you yeah hallelujah anyway I don't know what brought me here but we are talking about diligence to solve a problem to solve a problem you need to be diligent now this is where laziness becomes a problem you see the diligence remains constant relentless I'm not giving up effort now laziness has a way of ministering to you that you have tried enough you are tired you can't be tired you can't be tired because what you set out to do is not accomplished yes you may rest but you can't be tired you have to go back at it you have to learn and do so many things anyway let's look at some of the few things that diligence does you see according to the word of god diligence is what would bring the riches you are looking for proverbs 10 4 says that he becometh poor that dealeth with the slack or a lazy hand but the hand of the diligent maketh rich proverbs 10 4 you see he that has if you read the book of proverbs you would see why some people would have or you will see the characteristics of those who have and whatever characteristics you you see which is lacking in you make every effort to cultivate it it will start changing your life it will start changing your life hallelujah so he that he becometh poor that dealeth with the slacker but the hand of the diligent it maketh rich the second point is that diligence makes you a leader the hand of the diligent shall bear rule but the slothful shall be under tribute proverbs 12 24 the hand of the diligent shall bear rule in other words the person who is diligent will become the leader and of course if you are in a company and economic situations are hard who who will go first you see it is the leader who will sit down to decide who must go so so at least he must be there to keep letting people go until he gets to his turn so so you see if you don't find and you see situations sometimes change unexpectedly things change unexpectedly so wherever you are and you are not the leader 
Do you get it? If there's a disposal of, you are one of the first people that may go, depending on how far you are from the bottom. The nearer you are from the bottom, the, the, the easier it is to dispose of you. So it is, it is in your interest to, you know, like as we are seeing that the hand of the diligent shall bear rule or we are seeing that the diligent becomes rich. What you need to do is to learn about diligence and what makes people able to be persistent. And you will find out that many of the traits, they interrelate. Because for example, a diligent person you will find also is a person who has faith. You see, the person believes that there's a solution to the problem. And it is just that he has not found it. So he will keep going. Because, you see, the belief that there is a solution makes you discover the solution. Because, because there is a solution. So you will find out that all these things that I'm mentioning, they are not separate. But just for the sake of explanation, we may separate them. But they interrelate. So when you are a person who gives up easily, what you are actually is that it's a person who does not believe, especially when you are a Christian, especially when you are a Christian, who does not believe that God will help you and that God will see you through. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And of course, there are many factors that may contribute to your laziness. But the final pathway, the final pathway is laziness. So when you start to tackle it, that is when you uncover the other things that are bringing it into play. Because some of us is spiritual. Some of us is spiritual. Oh yes. There's a demonic influence that always tells you lies. And you believe it. But you see, unless you rise up and say, I am lazy. Let's face it, I am lazy. Because you see, the demonic forces, even, even as Christians, we believe in the supernatural world. In other words, we believe in the spiritual, the world that we can't see with our eyes. We believe in it. Do you get it? And the, as I'm preaching, I, I'm not taking out that fact. I'm not taking out that fact. That everything has its origin in the spirit. I'm not taking out that fact. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking out that fact. But you see, having its origin in the spirit has its manifestation in the physical. And there are channels. So, solving a problem starts with, you start wherever you are to identify the factors that have created the problem. They get to start wherever you are and identify the factors that have created a problem. Now, when you start to tackle the factors, that is when you uncover the other things that are actually keeping those factors in place. When you start to tackle the factors, like you start to now begin to say, I'm not going to be lazy. It is then that you will discover that the laziness that is present so strongly in your life 
has been supported by the way you think. Because the demonic forces are influenced. The Bible says that the, 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 the sluggard is wiser. The lazy person is wiser in his own mind, in his own conceit, than seven men that can render a reason. Please look for it for me. I think it's Proverbs somewhere. You see, the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. In other words, when you sit the lazy person down and you start to explain, he will out-explain you. And if you bring seven of you that is giving to understanding and try to explain to the lazy person what the real problem is, he would explain to you why what you are saying is not the case. Can you write it in English for us? Do you have English versions? Lazy people consider, you see, they are not too, but they have been made to consider and to believe. I mean, not one wise counselor, it's not one on one. It's one to seven, and he still declares himself a winner. Because, because listen, listen. Why would, you, why would it be said that you consider yourself wiser than seven men that can raise a reason? Because after the seven men have explained everything to you, you still stick to your way. There's no consideration in your mind that says, maybe I'm wrong and they are right. Let me try what they are saying. No, no. Most people, and, and that's one of the, so it's like the laziness that is present is present under the guise of reasoning. You see, a lazy person says that there's a lion in the street. Now, my question is, how did you know that there's a lion in the street? When you are in the house. But you see, if you ask him, he will explain to you why there's a lion in the street. He would explain to you why there's a lion in the street. He would explain everything to you. So, you see, the laziness that is present is present and stubbornly present. It's, it's not just present, I mean, loosely attached. It's, it's present with the concrete foundation. It's there because the, the demonic world has affected your thinking such that the, your thinking supports the laziness. How can it be that everywhere you are and everybody you meet, there's a problem. There's a problem. You, you don't flow. 
whether it's at work, whether it's in the family, whether it's just you and your husband with whom you are happily having sex and yet you don't flow. I mean, with the others, you don't do things that makes you happy together. So if you don't flow, we can understand. But how about the one with whom, of all the boys, you have chosen this one, that come and do for me. Or come let us do this thing where we both are happy. We still can't get along. The only time we seem to get along is that particular moment. Even in that particular moment, depending on how quick or how slow things go, it can easily even, a quarrel can come. Then at church, where the love of God is supposed to be, there also, you don't get along. You were in the prison worship, you didn't get along. They brought you to the choir, you didn't get along. They took you to the ashes, you didn't get along. They took you to projector, where it's only three of you, only two, two, two. You didn't get along. Okay, we said airport stars, you didn't get along. Communion stars, you didn't get along. Dancing stars, you didn't get along. Sunday school, you didn't get along. So, so the question is, the question is, how can you believe that the problem is with everybody else? I mean, how can you believe? Let me, let me, let me read on. So diligence, it it will give you riches. It will give you leadership that it secures your riches. You see, because when you are the last to go, you are the most protected. It also brings, diligence is a personal trait that makes a person have ideas that leads to abundance and wealth. It is your persistence trying that you learn so many things. And the fourth one, it says the thoughts, let me, let me just read the verse, Proverbs 21 verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteous. You see, the thinking of the diligent person makes them, it leads to riches. But everyone that is hasty only to want. Yeah, you are hasty. You don't calculate. You don't take your time to analyze. You know, just this week, I was talking to one young man and he was telling me how he wants to, he wants, he was supposed to do something else that he has been doing already. But his mind is affected. So he was telling me how he needs to be around, get some tender and all those things within six months and things, then he can do whatever he wants to do. And as he was talking, I realized that this person doesn't understand how riches come. Riches don't come in six months. To get the tender, it doesn't come in six months. 
Because, you see, it's, you are not the only person with, who, who wants a tender. It has become the way of most people. You see, the average black South African believes that the way to prosperity is to have a tender. Do you get it? So the word tender premier has been coined. It's like, like his work is mainly for tender. Do you get it? But it may give you riches for a short time. But you see, riches eh, or wealth, they have wings. They don't stay at one place. They just fly. So you must know how to keep them when, when they come. Your not being diligent is the reason why the riches can come, but it will fly away as fast as they came. Well, a lot of people do tenders, but once there's no tender, they, they get broke. Because the number of people that have gotten tenders and the amount that they have gotten, if they had a certain knowledge, because the tender is like more like a capital. But you see, for a capital to be useful to you, you must be an, a wise investor. Do you get it? A capital, for a capital, to, you must be a wise investor. You must understand the market, what exists, and the risk, and all this. It's, it's, it's quite involving. It's quite involving. It's not just, you must even know that in the world of business, there are high quality crooks. I mean, not crooks that are snatching your phone that you know that your phone has been snatched. Very intelligent, very intelligent crooks. Where they will take your money and you will never get your money and you will never be able to sue them for anything. They will make you sign documents and things. Knowing very well that where the money is going is going into a hole that you will never see it again. But so, so, you see, you are in a haste to be rich. So, you've gotten a tender. You don't even know how to execute the tender you have won. Do you get it? You don't even know how to execute the tender you've won. So, you have to rely on somebody. Okay, most of the time, the, whatever it is, I mean, certain things are not put in place. So, even whether you execute it or not, you can still walk around free. In other places, you go to prison. First of all, in other places, they will not even give you that tender to start with. Do you get it? Because it's not, it's not, they don't see it as a way of redistribution of wealth. It's not redistribution of wealth. In fact, in fact, that way, where tender is given to people who don't qualify, who have no, no the know-how and the skill and things, actually makes the money go back to the people you wanted to redistribute from. Let me tell you something, and let me say it plainly. The average white South African before 94 and now is richer than 94. It's richer than 94. They will not, they will laugh at us. They are richer than 94. Yes. They are far richer than 94 because most of them, they are the car manufacturers. They are the dealers in steel, the high level, high volume steel companies and things. They are not black owned. 
They just give you 2% share. And they say, we have black shareholders. What percentage? 2%. And even in your 2%, they make you open a company that they have 90%. So it's a company that has 2%. And in that, in that company, they are majority shareholders. See, what I'm saying is not true. No, you can't say anything because of your work. You shouldn't say anything before somebody, because it's on Facebook. Don't say anything. I just ask. But it's, it's, it's more complex than you think. It's more complex than you think. But you need diligence to even acquire knowledge and understanding in whatever you are doing. You need diligence to acquire knowledge and understanding in whatever you are doing. And that here is a minefield. And many of my pastors, I sit in my office, they come and tell me the business they are doing. Then I say, oh, this business, you have to be careful because it's not, it's not the way you look. It's not the way it looks. He said, oh, no, if we do this and then we'll get this one. One man went to take another person's money that doesn't belong to him. I've forgotten even the exact figure, but it's in the hundreds of thousands. Money that doesn't belong to him, but he had access to it because the guy decided to join him in the company or something like that. And then he said, somebody's exporting chicken. And if we do, we buy this, up to today, up to today. I said, listen, if, listen, if the, what, the, the breakdown that you have been given and the profitability that is being given to you, if that is the case, that person being greedy would have gone for a loan. He will not involve you. He will not come for you. Why? Why? Are you his mother's uh, 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 last baby? It's like this because you have not taken time to even learn and understand that money doesn't come like that. There's nothing that you invest and it will give you 30% increase of in a go. It, there's no business. There's no business. There's no proper business that has promise of stability, that has promise of a future, that gives you 30% increase. There's no business. You are in that field. Tell me. That's, that, so, so you see, this you don't even understand. And the only reason you don't understand is that you have not taken time to read. But I'll come there. I'm jumping out of my head. I told you the factors are mixed. I think my time is even up. Let me finish my last. Diligence is a personal trait that leads to promotion. You see, one of the ways by which your, your wealth increases or your income increases is to be promoted. Because you see, when you are promoted, apart from the salary increase, you are also given exposure. You see, promotion comes with salary increase, but also a great exposure. Yes. The exposure has a way of opening your eyes to things you never knew that can become a, a channel by which you can start a business or even invest. Exposure. When you are promoted, apart, most of you just look for the salary increase. Do you get it? 
But it's not only the, the salary increase is there, but it also gives you exposure. Exposure to a world of people who think in a certain way that creates more wealth. Exposure to a world where they understand how things work. So, for example, in our church, one of the things that we do and which we are doing a lot is that sometimes people are brought to certain positions in terms of clear things they may not qualify. For example, sometimes being consecrated as a bishop. Because a bishop is an overseer. You have to have started something, get it multiplied, and be able to oversee it. That is what then makes you a bishop. Because a bishop is an overseer. But we have people that we have consecrated that have literally been pastors of one church, basically, and are young and are yet to have the opportunity to multiply. But you see, the founder has a lifetime. He's not eternal. And as a leader, he has learned so much that must be impacted. So what is done sometimes is that you are brought into you are promoted to that level to allow you access into a certain level of discussion that would broaden your understanding of how things work that will increase your understanding of what it means to be a leader unfortunately 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 some people when the title is put on them it makes them lose their mind or affects the way the mind works and begin to think of themselves more highly than they ought to you see my opportunity to interact with the prophet is always a learning opportunity for me because you see in my own environment, I tend to think that I'm the champion. But whenever I interact with him, and like, let's say there are discussions, and things, I realize that, Charlie, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. You see, you may be a local champion, but internationally, there's, no, there's nothing champion about you. You see, one place that I always feel very down, not like depression, but like I come to my level, is when I go to Anakazo, the campus. When I go to the campus, I realize that the person that I have as my pastor is way, way ahead of me in terms of thinking, understanding, and leadership, and all those things. The gift, is, 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 you see, it's not like, it's wide. Because, you see, wisdom is justified of her works. 
And I look, I've been to the campus, I've seen it. it I was there, I was there when there was very only one house. And I've seen it. And it always amazes me. And you see, he has done it without needing you. So the truth is that he has added you. You are nothing. And it, it, must, it must keep you humble. And relate with him respectfully. Knowing that he has something to benefit you. You have nothing to benefit him. The evidence that you have nothing to benefit him is the evidence that what has been done and many other things that has been done has been done without including you. You are not part of it. But you know, sometimes people don't understand this. I mean, I'm just saying this because promotion brings you. Many, we, we, we do, because that's the, that's the only way. I have to invite you into certain meetings. Because the meeting is for a certain class or a certain, it has a label. We can't just invite anybody before you realize somebody has gone to invite his beloved. So for you to be in this meeting, you need to have a certain title. So the title is given to you, not because you qualify for it. Somebody said, I qualify for it. You don't qualify for anything. You don't qualify for anything. And you see, in work environments, in work environments where there's great leadership, especially big companies, they identify talents because they think of the company beyond them. So they identify talent by identified traits that shows that this person, given the opportunity, can be a great leader. So sometimes they promote you to train you. They promote you to make you a better person. They promote you to develop you. But you see, all is coming from diligence. And I'm just saying this by, I'm just adding this aspect so that when you are promoted, you shouldn't think it is by my works. That is why I've been promoted. It's not by your works. Sometimes the, the leadership has an agenda to develop you because they can see a talent in you. So you must walk humbly when you are promoted. I have to walk humbly. have to work humbly. The fact that they've made you a bishop, it doesn't mean that you are, you, you, you are nothing. You are nothing. You have been promoted so that you can be trained. You have not been promoted because you, are, you qualify for it. It's a training step. Because we can see that there is good in you. We can identify that given time, you will blossom. And our calling is to make you flourish and to blossom. And therefore, we will give you the title so that you can be part of the meetings. But don't allow those, being part of those meetings, or don't allow the title to make your mind go bonkers. I hope you understand what I'm saying. And you see, I'm also saying this so that you don't side with people whose minds have gone bonkers. Because some of you say, ah, no, but as a bishop 
and he's really doing it, then there must be something wrong. There's nothing wrong. His mind has gone bonkers. That is what is wrong. That is what is wrong. His mind has gone bonkers. His mind is off. The wires have now, some of them have become bare. So there's short circuiting. So all the lights are coming on at the wrong time and at the wrong thing. Nothing is working correctly anymore. How are we understanding it? So don't follow such people. Don't follow them. Oh, yes. We saw something. They were diligent. They were forceful. Yes, we saw something. And we are, we are aware of facts of life that no one lives forever. And neither, neither is there a set age, 89 or 97, for you to say that I'll start making preparations when I'm 70. No. It's not a football match with the time we are playing 90 minutes from the beginning. You can go at any time. So once you being aware that you can go at any time, every day you must be making preparations for your takeover in your absence because the wickedness of death and the sad effect of death is to catch you unprepared. That is why we pray that you must be ready all the, every day of your life. When you wake up in the morning, Lord have mercy on me. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe in him as the son of God. Just to be sure. Just in case something has taken you out yesterday. Lord, I still believe Jesus as the son of God. I still believe. I still believe. I receive him as such, as my savior. I believe in the cleansing power of his blood. And that is why I'm talking to you, Lord. To cleanse me of every sin and every fault that I may have committed. As I speak to you this morning, before I go out, Lord. Yeah, it's important. Because we don't, we don't know the day we go out and never come home again. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You get it? So as a church, as we are always preparing people. We are always preparing people. But don't allow that somebody, because we, the person has become a bishop. You see, anybody can be anything at any time. And the, you see, if the person becomes, becoming a bishop is a process of extreme maturation you will never find a bishop or you will not readily find a bishop who says I've left the church are you understanding what I'm saying you will never find a bishop who says I've left the church but it is because of the effort to also groom leaders to take over and to run. Sometimes, you see, they take over not because we are absent. They take over because they have more energy. Because in youthfulness is strength and zeal. In youthfulness is strength and zeal. So, as sometimes an organization, you have to sit back and allow the young ones to run and run faster for the sake of the work of God to go don't, you can't limit the speed of the work of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to do with whoever he wants to do that which he has called us to do. You are still part of it. But that should not make... So, so you have immature novices. You have novices being labeled. But you see, we labeled you, we knew you were a novice, but we labeled you as a bishop in good faith. 
in good, because the Bible says, love thinketh no evil. So even though your evil signs are there, we, we, we refuse to believe it. I thank God for the leadership that I have in the person of Bishop Dag. I thank God. Because he's a man that I can tell you. Hey, you can see, this is like this, this is like this. You say, Bishop, this is like this. He will still say, no, that's a good person. He's a good person. He doesn't think evil of people. That's, that's one of the things. Over 30 years of my association with him, or knowing him, he doesn't think evil of people. If you hear him talk, even small discussion, you realize that the man thinks no evil of people. And the Bible says that he that will, I mean, we are not supposed to think evil of people. So, of course, when you think no evil, even Judas will be with you. And you will still call him 12, one of the 12 apostles or disciples. So, the fact that a Judas is manifesting doesn't mean that the leader, I mean, he's some, no, 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 it's not true, it's not true. Because I've had some of you blown away because a bishop is this, is like that. No, 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 no. And you who are here must be stable. Amen. Look, the day, God forbid, the day my mind goes bonkers for any reason, God forbid. God help me, God deliver me. But please, remember this, say it to me. Don't follow me. And there's nothing wrong with the church. There's nothing wrong with the church. I said, there's nothing wrong with the church. What is wrong is your understanding. There's nothing wrong with the church. What is wrong is your understanding. It is, it's your lack of understanding that makes you see things as wrong. But if you understood things, you see things that this one is a necessity. There's no way you can get here without having this. If your understanding is working, you will know that we are all being led by the Spirit. And sometimes we would think this is the way the Spirit is going, but the Spirit is not going that way. Didn't Samuel make a mistake and surely this is the Lord's anointed? Samuel made a mistake and chose the wrong person, made a wrong move. But you see, his, 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 his ability to hear God tells you the type of person he is. Because he heard God there and there when God corrected him. His ability to change what he has said because how did they know? How did we get to know that he said he chose Eliab? Because he said it. So his ability to hear God and say, no, not that one. And to even change. Say, no, no, no. I think I must have made a mistake. That ability is even something to be applaud, applauded. Something to be honored. That a person can even make it say that I've done this and they say, no, this is wrong. Let's do this one. Let's do it like this. It's, it's a great ability. Because most people would have held on to their first choice because their pride would be at stake. But a good leader is the one who is able to say, no, this is a mistake. Let's do it like this. 
Let's correct it. And if your mind is working well and you think some, a move is wrong, understand that we are all subject to God's influence. And understand that for your leader to have led you all this way, he must be hearing from God. And therefore, the same person who has heard from God to bring you this far, God has not stopped speaking. If it is wrong, God himself will correct him. And therefore, whatever wrong has been done to you will be corrected. Where is your maturity? Instead of throwing tantrums like a child. And the fact that you have been given a title bishop makes your tantrum even worse. And then you have low-level thinkers who give legitimacy to your misbehavior because of the title you carry. I think it's time to pray because I need to. So I've done diligence. The next thing that I will do by the grace of God is knowledge. So time will not allow me to start the knowledge. Do you get it? But what I said, what I will say to you is that there are three things that work together and they are interrelated. Wisdom, knowledge, or wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. They work together. They are not separate. You can't have wisdom without understanding. And you can't have wisdom without knowledge. But you can't have knowledge without understanding. You get it? So in terms of role play, understanding is very essential when knowledge is present. But understanding without knowledge, understanding has nothing to work. So knowledge together with understanding, when they are well interrelated, would show how wise you are. You see, what I'm sharing with you, the latter part of the discussion, will demonstrate my wisdom. Because sometimes people have problems, but it is their wisdom in other words, what they know and how they understand it and understanding other factors is what make them keep their calm. One of the things you'll be told as a wife, depending on who your mother is, when your husband is hitting on other girls, though he shouldn't do it, they'll tell you, keep your calm, he'll cool off. Keep your calm. He will cool off. And almost every man will cool off. Oh, yes. How long it takes for them to cool off also depends on you. No, what he's doing is not right. We didn't agree. We didn't agree. But that is what he's doing. What do you want to do? Do you want to try the next one to discover that? (laughs) 
Let's rise to our feet. But listen, I'm praying for you that by the grace of God, you will be diligent. You see, your effort, what is it that you have given yourself to? Stay at it. Learn about it. Work at it. If it's your marriage, learn about it. Learn about it. Learn about how to overcome husbands who are always looking through the windows. Learn about it. You will discover that such husbands, you don't give them a window. You just give them an open air place. They don't like it. One woman said to the husband, I know you'll be doing what you are doing as you are traveling. So here is a pack of condom just to... Now, now, if I'm a husband and my wife does this to me, I'll lose appetite for that misbehavior. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to the Lord. Lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to change my category to the category of he that has because Lord you have created me for many people to depend on me and you are looking to me having provided every resource that my life needs to become what you have called me to be Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Morsi katayandare, Baba. Thank you, Jesus. We are changing categories. We are changing categories. I pray for everyone that is here, Lord, that by your help, they shall change categories.
Spirit of the living God, you who makes all things beautiful and make all things possible, we ask this morning that by your power, let our lives bear testimony of your works. Whatever is lacking in us, Lord, we look up to you. We know that you have supplied us with many great things. Lord, turn our eyes to see it. As you did for Hagar when she was running away from her mistress. You open her eyes to see the water that is next to her. Lord, open our eyes to see the treasure in our lives. And give us a grace to work at it diligently. That we shall be found to be promoted. That we shall be found to have abundance. That we shall be found to be ahead and not behind. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that by your spirit, Lord, you have caused us to know that it's never late with you. And that with you all things are possible. Therefore, our age and how long we have been around and struggling with the problem is not making us to give up. But Lord, we thank you that we are rising up with this new revelation to work at that which you have implanted in our hearts and in our spirit. That your glory will be manifested in our lives. Father, forgive us of our thoughts that have gone wrong. By your spirit, help us to see where our minds must be renewed. That we will renew our minds. We ask you, O oh Lord, for forgiveness. For your word has said that we should not think evil thoughts. But Lord, many times our thoughts, even towards you, have not been good, but evil. We ask you to forgive us. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness through the precious blood of the Lamb. We start a new page in our walk with you. To obey your word. Lord, as we obey, let your mercy be over our lives. And cause our lives to flourish. To give us encouragement and to make us know that you are with us. For you have said you will be with us till the end. Reveal your presence in our lives to us by the works that we do through your help. Through your help, we pray. We pray. We ask this in the name of Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, maybe you are here, somebody invited you, and you are not born again. In other words, you have not received Jesus as the Son of God and as the Messiah, and you want to do so this morning. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high so that I can pray with you. You say, Pastor, I want to be born again. Is there anybody here like that? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for what you have spoken to us. 
you have said many things by your spirit bring to our remembrance what we need to know as an individual and help us to walk with it we thank you father in jesus name amen 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 god bless you please be seated we believe you've been blessed by this message to stay connected follow 